You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's hour one on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Morale is high. Even though we're down a Danette, Fritzy is joining us we from are? home. Yeah, yeah, Fritzy is zooming in today. Big Brother, the Wizard of Oz is there. Is it just the monitor or your head, Todd? It seems like you're larger than life there at home. Wow, we're getting started already. Yeah, yeah, just want to let you know. Great to Does see my head. My head look very big in this shot. Um, it's just the monitor. I look very pasty and pale and white. But you are pasty and pale. But even more so. It seems oh. more dramatic on this screen here. Uh, we got uh, chili wafting through the air here. Now, are we having chili today, Paulie? Yes. So if Todd had to make chili for losing the bet with the Broncos, mm. but we bought all this stuff to make chili this morning. I came in, and Tyler, the creator who handles uh, audio, your dog, and a chili, <laughs> we decided, let's make some chili. Let's start tailgating now for the big weekend of football. Mm. So we're having chili today. Two days away from football. Come on in, stay a while. Mike Florio will join us coming up here in a little bit. We'll talk about these uh, job openings here. Andrea Kramer will join us a little bit later on. The great Jay Glazer will stop by as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Check out the merchandise at danpatrick.com. Still have just a few calendars left. We have a few of them that we signed. They're collector's items. McLovin signed them as well. But you can go to danpatrick.com. Also check out the uh, Aaron Rodgers-inspired T-shirt uh, called Aaron Shrugs. He mentioned uh, Ann Rand. Uh, that would be Atlas Shrugs. And uh, we created an Aaron Shrugs T-shirt. Go there at uh, danpatrick.com. Play, a day, play of the day poll question, stat of the day, all that forthcoming. Paulie's going to do the honors with the poll question today with Fritzy being at home. And we start off with the L.A. Lakers came into this year as a favorite to compete for the title. And why not? You got superstars like LeBron and Anthony Davis. You traded for Russell Westbrook Jr. the third. And that trade came with a lot of scrutiny. I didn't like it. I sort of understand it. I was trying to understand what they were doing during the regular season. And that is. Westbrook is going to be able to take a little bit of the workload off LeBron's shoulders. Well, that hasn't been the case. Westbrook's an explosive athlete, but he's limited, below average shooter. He's a turnover waiting to happen. He went two for 14 last night, eight points, and the Lakers lost at home to the Kings. And LeBron has been unbelievable. He's been shouldering the load because Anthony Davis isn't there. He had 34 points. He had six assists. He's at age 37, averaging more points today than he did when he was 27 years of age. But that longevity is being wasted right now. The Lakers are eighth in the West. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Westbrook, the trade hasn't worked out. The good news for L.A. is LeBron isn't slowing down, but the bad news is how long can he continue to do this at this pace? And really, what is the uh, end game here? LeBron has scored 30 or more in uh, 11 of his last 12 games. But the Lakers are 10-9 and nine this season when he scores 30 or more. And you have to go back to 2007 when he did that, when he had that many losses. That's when he was uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But watching last night, it's not going to get any better with Russell Westbrook. That's just who he is. And then... You know, we always look at a trade from one side. We always like, well, 
Who were the Lakers going to get if they trade Russell Westbrook? Okay, who wants Russell Westbrook? That's really what the that's the question that needs to be answered. The Lakers, if they can unload Russell Westbrook and get a shooter, somebody who is a little bit more of a pure point guard, I'm sure they would gladly do it. But these salaries are so crazy. It's like trying to trade Tobias Harris, you know, Ben Simmons. Who wants those salaries? And you still have that drama attached to Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, is anybody going to want him? And I don't know if anybody's asked, how is his mental health? Like, is, is he going through therapy? He's not playing basketball. I just want to know why. And I don't know if there's been an update there. Because if he gets traded, I'm guessing he's probably going to be mentally ready to play for whoever trades for him. But if you're not practicing, you're not playing, nobody wants to give you a king's ransom for Ben Simmons. And even then, if you trade for him, I don't even know what you're getting. And I'm still waiting for an update on Ben Simmons on just, can he play? Does he want to play? Because if I'm going to trade for him, I need to know these things. Yeah, Paul. Remember when the season started? I can remember we did a show in October. and We talked about the current Lakers roster and the way it's built. Russell Westbrook can definitely play a lot of minutes. He's always a top minutes guy. And Anthony Davis would come into the season, air quotes, healthy. And we said, this is great for LeBron. He could pace himself. He won't have to be the focal point. Russell Westbrook could handle the regular season and Anthony Davis. And LeBron could do his thing in the playoffs. And it's turned out to be the exact opposite. They are, I think their record is, is are they 500? Are they 21 and 21? I just know they're eighth seed in the West. Yeah, I, they, they need LeBron to play a lot now. Imagine if he wasn't playing at this level. Yeah, or pacing himself. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, here's LeBron James talking about the loss last night and the season. You know, if you're trying to, you know, jockey for position or, you know, gear up towards the playoffs, you want to be hitting your stride at the right time. So, um, you know, we have 42 games now and uh, 40 left. And we want to um, see what we made of. But, um, you know, it's definitely been a, a, a roller coaster so far. Here's the Lakers head coach, Frank Vogel, talking about Russell Westbrook. You know, we're, we're, we're working with Russ. He's, you know, he's uh, receiving our coaching and just trying to put him in, in positions to succeed. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's just in a, in, a, in a slump right now, you know, finishing at the basket and shooting from the perimeter. And we just got to stay with it and, and help him through it. I don't think I'd label this a slump unless you say it's a 10-year slump because he's not a good shooter. He's a scorer. He can't shoot. The big difference. He's a wonderful all-around talent. But... How many meaningful games does he win? And I think that's really the key with that style, that while he does give you that energy, he giveth and taketh away. There was also another story. You know, the Brooklyn Nets look good. Um, You know, you had all three on the floor. Yeah. 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 Brooklyn Nets look good as they beat the Chicago Bulls. But what stood out was a story in the New York Daily News yesterday. Stephen Bondi... Uh, covers the NBA. He said the Nets could use a um, a loophole here that would allow Kyrie Irving to play during home games. Now, the former mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, had key to New York City executive order, which that was preventing the unvaccinated Kyrie Irving from playing home games. The executive order lists certain penalties for noncompliance. Well, 
Guess what the penalties are for noncompliance? First offense, you get a warning. Second offense, $1,000 fine. Third offense, $2,000 fine. Now, once again, you're doing this as if it's just a regular citizen in New York City, not a guy who's making $40 million a year. Fourth offense is $5,000. Fifth offense, $5,000. And then after that, it's just $5,000. Wouldn't you say we'll pay the fine for Kyrie to play home games? I'm going to guess the Nets knew this. The Nets have 20 home games left. Let's say you have a maximum of 16 playoff games, 16 more in the playoffs. If the Nets advance to the finals, have home court advantage in every single round, each series goes all seven games, that will equate to $173,000 in fines at the most. It's a hell of an investment. Stat of the day, stat of the day, that, that, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. And uh, Stefan Bondi goes on to write in the New York Daily News, Brooklyn having presumably done plenty of due diligence on the Kyrie situation, most likely knew about the loophole before the season even began. Well, if that's the case, then why don't you just say we're going to pay the fine? You pay a couple hundred thousand dollars? And I don't know if the NBA or maybe out of principle that the Nets are saying, look, we want to be fair to the city. We, we don't want to kind of uh, rub their nose in it, uh, look the other way. But that might be what you're going to do with Kyrie Irving that, all right, cost you $5,000. Suit up. I'd pay it. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm, look at the money you're paying for him not to play. Why not pay, just pay $5,000 more and I'm going to get my money's worth out of him? Yeah, Paul. Is he the highest paid non-playing athlete? Deshaun Watson's got to be up there. Not, athletes who don't really play their sport up until a couple weeks ago with Kyrie. Deshaun Watson's got to be making $30 million to not play this year. Twenty-five. Well, what's Ben Simmons making? Ben Simmons got to be in the... 30 million category? I think he's 35. <laughs> to not play. To not play. I think Deshaun is up there as well. He has to be over 30 million. By yeah. Now. <laughs> to it, not play. Yeah, but Kyrie's, I think Kyrie is probably $35 million. I got Deshaun at 35. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just a loophole just, just to factor in second half of the season. If you're the Nets, can you do this and basically say to the city of New York, hey, we're going to pay the fine, but he's going to be playing in these games. I don't know what the NBA would do, but that loophole is there. And uh, it was in the New York Daily News, uh, Stefan Bondi. Yes, he, ben Simmons at 33. Oh, he's only at 33 million. The bargain. For, for not playing. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to play at home. He doesn't want to play at home. Kyrie would love to be able to play at home. Ben wants to play all of his games on the road as well. What poll questions do you have today, Paul? Okay, I have an actual poll question, but here's the snarky one we got from the back room that I'm very proud of those guys coming up with. Wow. Which supporting cast right now would give LeBron the best chance to win another title? The Lakers supporting cast or the Cleveland Cavaliers supporting cast? Wow. Dang. The Lakers are 500. The Cavs are 24 and 18. And the Cavaliers have the best win per, uh, margin percentage uh, in the East. They're winning their games by five points a game. The Cavaliers are a quality team. I think I could say that. 
Yeah, I told you that a couple of weeks ago. Your Cavs. Yes. Very good team. Interesting team, young team. But I was watching last night, and you start to think about, the, you know, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, Julius Randle, these players who were with the Lakers, and then they wanted to cash in on those younger players. They wanted to bring in Anthony Davis. If you said to LeBron, now, you wouldn't have gotten a title, perhaps with uh, you know that group and not Anthony Davis. But if you said to LeBron, hey, do you want the younger guys here that you didn't want? Because those guys would be very helpful for LeBron right now. And if it means you don't have Russell Westbrook and you don't have Anthony Davis, but you have the rest of that group, I'm sure LeBron would sign up for that. Yes, Paul? I'm calling my shot here. Uh, Bronny James gets drafted by the Cleveland team, right? I don't know where he's going to be drafted, but when he gets done with college or whatever he's going to do, Bronny James goes to Cleveland, they draft him, and LeBron finishes his career on a one-year contract to play with his son in Cleveland. Boom. Um, he doesn't like that owner. He loves his son, though. Yeah, but he doesn't like that owner. You could buy the team, play one year, player, coach, owner, GM, all four, slash, and his son is the uh, small forward. If yes. he loves his son, he's not letting him play there. Fair, Ooh, fair no point. Offense. Wow. Fair point. No offense. Yeah. I retract my statement. <laughs> um, I could see LeBron the last year of his NBA career with a team that he would eventually then become a part owner of. That, that I think, would be a bigger picture where you could see, hey, I'll come to the Pistons. Let me be a part owner here. I want to play one year with my son, and then I'll go into the front office. That's that's sort of the scenario that I see. All right, we'll uh, settle on a poll question here coming up. By the way, this program brought to you by Impeller, the new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island of Puerto Rico. Available now, Impeller is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash Impeller. Phone calls always welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. We will, uh, oh, I say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and also uh, those listening on iHeartRadio, our good partners there, Fox Sports Radio lineup as well. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, will talk about the openings and playoff football coming up this weekend, right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. M Drive Boost and Burn, the daily supplement for driven guys. Helps you shed the holiday weight, giving you the energy you need to crush your fitness goals no matter what your age is. You know, you get to the new year and you go, oh, here's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to work out more. Well, that's where M Drive says, just start with one small change that you can do every morning. You start your day off right. And you can find it at Walgreens, Rite Aid, or Vitamin Shop. Or go to mdrivedan.com. You get free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose except for a couple of LBs. New Year's resolutions, they don't work. They don't last. But make a small change today that will lead to a lasting impact throughout the year. Try M-Drive Boost and Burn. You can lose weight, get more energy, and perform at your very best. Clinically tested ingredients that naturally burn more body fat. M-Drive Boost and Burn, the one small change you can make every single day. And you can crush those fitness goals. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
settle on a poll question. Got a play of the day coming up. Another stat of the day as well. Judging by your reaction on Twitter. A little surprise with the loophole there with Kyrie Irving. Going to cost him or the team $5,000 after his fifth offense if he plays in a home game. You're already paying him. Why not pay the $5,000? You get him to play. And that could lead to a real, real dangerous Nets team here in the second half of the season. All right. uh, You got the poll question. We'll bring in Mike Florio. Yeah, Dan. Hour one poll question. The AFC underdog that wins this weekend. Okay, so the Bengals are five-and-a-half-point favorite on the Raiders. The Bills are a four-point favorite on the Patriots. And the Chiefs, big favorite, 12-and-a-half on the Steelers. That's a first-hour poll. Underdog that wins this weekend. The underdog that wins this weekend. Not has the best chance to win. That will win. That will win. Because Ben has already said we have no chance to beat Kansas City. I like how the headline makes it seem like, Ben, we have no chance... It's all tongue-in-cheek there with Ben. Yeah, we, had, we got, got no chance. He did the old eye roll there and like, yeah, you might not have any chance, but I'm not buying how he's saying. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs are going, Ben doesn't think they have any chance to win. Boy, this will be really easy. That ain't going to happen here. Mike Florio, popular co-host of Pro Football Talk Live. He joins us on the program. Let me start with the poll question. The underdog best chance to win in the AFC? I think it's the Patriots. Bill Belichick, single elimination, all those playoff games he's coached over the years. And it has to be a record that the Bills and the Patriots, for two teams to get together three times in 40 days. They had two late regular season games. Patriots won in Buffalo on a cold and windy night. Now, it's not going to be as windy. And even if it is, I think the Bills have figured out they need to unleash Josh Allen. It's not going to be easy for the Patriots. But it's hard not to trust Bill Belichick. If you give me those three options and you say which one wins, and we know that home teams have been winning games like never before, I'd have to go with the Patriots. All the votes are in for all the honors, Coach of the Year, MVP, all all of that's been tabulated here. Uh, Who's your Coach of the Year? Well, I don't have one of the votes. So we do our own awards. And at PFT, I consulted with my staff. And I'm not being sarcastic because I wasn't sure which way I was going to go with Coach of the Year, but they persuaded me that it should be Mike Vrabel. And when you consider that they set a record in week 12, they set the record for the number of total players used. They didn't have Derrick Henry, the best player on their team, for more than half of the season and they still got the number one seed in a top-heavy AFC. You know, I was thinking Matt LaFleur until we really sat down and talked it through. And, and I, you know, Rich Passaccia, what he did was so special, but it, it's, it's a tough year. But I think Vrabel by a nose over LaFleur. Yeah, I was wondering about Belichick. With It was like last year he did one of his best coaching jobs. Uh, this year I expected them to make the playoffs. But I, I don't know... How do you differentiate when you're the greatest coach of all time? It's like Chuck Knoll. I don't think everyone coach of the year. You know, the, the great coaches or the guys who are really successful normally don't win coach of the year. Why is that? Well, because the coach of the year is kind of loosely determined by how far you exceed the expectations that were loosely out there going into the season. So if there's a team that's just supposed to be complete and total crap and they make the playoffs, all of a sudden that coach is a viable candidate for coach of the year. The bar is always high for the Patriots, so it's very difficult for Bill Belichick 
to exceed that bar high enough that it stands out over somebody who takes a team from worst to first, like a Zach Taylor, who should get some consideration, or a Vrabel, who did something special without his best player. But, you know, Dan, we also do executive year. That's not one of the official Associated Press NFL awards. Sporting News, for whatever reason, is still the officially recognized executive of the year that's the one that people pay attention to i don't know why i don't even think they still make sporting news but that's another issue altogether we made belichick our executive of the year because it's always hand in hand what belichick does as an executive either makes it harder or easier for him as a coach (laughs) this year what they did going all in spending all that money when they had the cap space that they had carefully built in a year where other teams weren't as competitive because of the the drop in the salary cap due to the pandemic. And they they got Mac Jones when maybe the 49ers really did want him with the third overall pick and they ultimately didn't take him. And it just worked out well that they have the talent they need to be as competitive as they were. So he's executive of the year, not coach of the year, but executive of the year. Who's worst executive of the year? Well, I don't know. Dave Gettleman has already been fired. Although, although, you know, the, 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 The reality is, and I think one of the things we learn every year at this time, as the bad teams dump coaches and general managers and they make their owners available to speak to the media, you start to get an idea of why bad teams stay bad and why they can't get out of their own way. I got some strong feelings about the Giants, for example, and I think the the Mara family is way too involved in the management of that team from a personnel standpoint. And, and they're so involved that they don't even realize how involved they are. But there's a reason this team has been to the playoffs once in the last decade. There's a reason this team has one, uh, yeah, yeah, one playoff appearance, no playoff victory since their last Super Bowl win. It's stunning how far they've fallen. And I feel like they're in quicksand and the harder they try to get out, the deeper they sink. And I think at this point, I got the vibe from the mayor press conference yesterday. I don't think they know what to do. Now they're not gonna admit that, but just I don't think they know what to do. And unless they're willing to completely step aside from the personnel side of the Giants, I don't know that a general manager who has real options should want to go step into that job. Well, they fired Joe Judge, which they had to do. I was told that uh, on Monday that if you don't fire Joe Judge, you're going to limit the number of candidates to become a general manager there. But I look at Stephen Ross in Miami. It doesn't feel like he knows what he's doing. You have the Bears, the McCaskey family. It doesn't feel like they know what they're doing right now. Um, and, and And for different reasons, for different reasons. With Ross, this is very simple. And there's a sweet spot. I'm not big into owners meddling into what their team does. Unless you're gonna give yourself the title like Jerry Jones did 32 years ago and 32 years later, he's the general manager of the team. But I think the owner needs to live and work in the facility, in the building, in the town where his team is. You need to have that presence every day. The owners in the building got Robert Kraft, and Robert Kraft isn't meddling with the Patriots, but his base of operations is Gillette Stadium. I think if you're gonna buy an NFL team, you need to make that commitment that where the team does business, you do your business. You need to be there because when Stephen Ross barnstorms in and he's watching a game in the luxury suite and he's got people from the front office whispering to him and the coach can't defend himself, and there's any type of dysfunction in the organization when the boss isn't there, who's getting thrown under the bus? It's the guy who doesn't have a voice whispering into the boss's ear the one day a week that he happens to be in town. And with the Bears, it's a different issue altogether. But with with Stephen Ross, he should either commit 
to that team completely, move to South Florida, show up every day, or just sell the team to someone who will. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Chris Sims. Uh, The Jim Harbaugh situation, it seems like he's enjoying this because it felt like last year he was holding on for dear life, take a pay cut. Now all of a sudden, hey, you got blown out by Georgia, but so what? Um, You know, now you got teams reportedly interested in him. Has anybody interviewed Jim Harbaugh yet in the NFL? Those types of interviews can happen without anyone knowing. The reason that we see these reports over and over again this week that the Vikings requested permission to speak to this person, the Bears requested permission to speak to that person. If it's somebody who's currently employed by one of the other teams, there's a piece of paper that makes it to the league office that then gets leaked to reporters they have on the payroll or others that that this interview is going to happen. If it's not somebody who's currently employed by another team, there's no obligation to let it be known to the league office that you're talking to these people. You keep your internal records. You need to be able to show that you did a proper search. But, you know, somebody gave me the idea over the weekend that maybe Mark Davis has already quietly spoken to the likes of Jim Harbaugh, maybe a Jim Caldwell, maybe, you know, others who are not connected to other teams. Mark Davis did not take advantage of the two-week head start to speak to assistant coaches with other teams. He's focused, so he said, on the postseason. But there's a thought that he's already talked to some people. And Harbaugh could be talking off the grid to a lot of these teams. And it used to be that's how college coaches did it. It was the kiss of death to ever let anyone know you were talking to an NFL team because it was going to be used against you in recruiting. I remember when the 49ers hired Dennis Erickson in 2003. Nobody even knew Dennis Erickson was a candidate, and he shouldn't have been, but nobody even knew he was a candidate for the job. And that's how it used to be. But now it's a little more open. And I think Harbaugh is maybe at a minimum, at a minimum, back-channel discussions about what he would be paid. And hey, do your thing. Leverage Michigan. You took a $4 million pay cut. This is your chance to make it back. Go make it back. Uh, Antonio Brown is not going to play. I guess the team is not going to be able to pick him up. Is he going to need surgery on his ankle? Uh, So, therefore, that would preclude him from joining uh, another another team? Well, this is the old dog chasing its tail analysis with Antonio Brown because we saw him play against the Jets, and one of the big arguments against – the notion that he said he was injured. People saying, oh, he ran off the field fine. Oh, look at this. He was playing. So I think he could play at a level below 100%. He was on that podcast last week, and they never really drilled down on the question I would have. You're not 100%, but if the Chiefs would call you and you're 85%, and they'll take 85% Antonio Brown over 100% Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and Josh Gordon, would you do that? And, you know, the fact that we haven't heard – that surgery is scheduled. It makes me think that he's just kind of waiting and waiting just in case. And hey, look at it this way. If the Chiefs win this weekend and Tyreek Hill gets injured and he's done for the rest of the playoffs, and I don't want to be accused of jinxing anyone, but that could happen. He's got that heel that he was hobbling around with. If all of a sudden Tyreek Hill's gone and the Chiefs are still alive, how do you not at least consider giving Antonio Brown a call? So, you know, I think the smart move for him is delay the surgery, And I think he does need surgery. But I think if he had to, just like he did that day at MetLife Stadium, shoot it up with Toradol, go out and play. Are the Colts stuck at quarterback? Well, they've given up a third-round pick and what will be a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Now, contractually, could they have some flexibility? They didn't take the gigantic 
cap charge on because it was the Eagles that made the big upfront investment in Carson Wentz. I just think that they would be wise to consider all options. And when Frank Reich was asked the question earlier this week, you know, when you have a true franchise quarterback and you're asked any question about who, you know, what the status of your quarterback is, you know, if they would ask Matt LaFleur about Aaron Rodgers status or Bruce Arians about Tom Brady status, you'd laugh at it. The fact that Carson Wentz, when his name come up, it wasn't laughed at by Frank Reich. That tells you they're going to they, they have to. They have to because he was the thing that held their offense back this year. Uh, explain that T.J. Watt is not the all time single season sack uh, record holder. Well, the aborted snap, the dreaded aborted snap. He thought it was a sack early in the game against the Ravens. It would have given him twenty two and a half and he would have broken it later in the game. But. Because of the way that the play was scored, it was a snap that hit the rear end of the center and it wasn't technically a sack. And they appealed to the Elias Sports Bureau and the Elias Sports Bureau denied the appeal. So there isn't an extra sack. And and there's a certain irony to all of that because the play that Brett Favre ran, that that's an aborted snap to me. When Strahan got 22 and a half. I, I was that's just going to ask you, snap. I was going to ask yeah. you, which, which one is more of a sack in your opinion? Yeah, neither, neither. Uh, and hey, TJ Watt did it in 15 games. So he's got that going for him. And, and you know, this whole debate about 17 versus 16 and should we put an asterisk on these records? It really doesn't matter because the season is now 17 games. The NFL exercised its prerogative to expand the season. So the records are going to reset and then it's going to expand to 18 and they're going to reset again. When do you think 18 rolls around? 2030 at the latest, but possibly sooner, even though the current labor deal with the union doesn't expire until the early part of the next decade, they can do a new deal whenever they want. And I think once they fully appreciate how much money is going to flow from legalized gambling, and, you know, New York came online this week with mobile betting and they've made a ton of money already. As more and more states come on board, the money keeps going up and up. How do you make more money if you're the NFL and the NFL Players Association? You increase inventory. You add another game. And then I think they're going to start adding teams. It's not going to be anytime soon. But I think as they understand how much money can be derived one game at a time, one week at a time, they're going to they're going to want more. They're going to want to give us more so there's more stuff people can bet on. I was thinking about this. Um I think you were on the plane. It might have been a red eye coming back from Denver and we were seated next to somebody affiliated with the NFL who said ask me any questions you want. And at the time, I wanted to know about adding an extra playoff team. And if we would be adding a 17th game. Well, he said at the time, the person I'm talking to, we're going to be adding that extra playoff team. So that's seven years ago. That next, that Monday, I come in and I said, hey, got a reliable source. Mike, you were there with me, but I don't think you reported it. And I got put out there and all of a sudden somebody said, the NFL said, no, that's not true. And I went, I'll be damned. I'm in trouble here. But it was the NFL who said, hey, ask me any question you want. Well, I may have been asleep at that moment or I would have reported it. So it's a long, it was a long day. Yes, it was a long it was. day and night and week in Denver. But uh, they, they wanted to expand the playoff field for a while. They would wanted to expand the season for over a decade. The challenge was getting the union to agree to it. And it was difficult to get the Players Association to agree to a 17th game. 
but money talks and the you know that's that's what's eventually going to get the union to agree to 18. they'll come up with ways to make it safer expand the rosters but it's going to be more it's going to be more and you know dan i don't know can they justify going to 16 playoff teams half the league maybe they can go to 16 if they have 34 teams maybe that's the key yeah. but i just think it's a matter of time before there's no buys there's 16 teams and everybody plays this opening weekend with eight games in standalone windows instead of six. I'll leave you with this. If the Cowboys lose this weekend. If the Cowboys lose this weekend, I think what's going to happen is they're going to strike some sort of a deal with their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, like they once had in place with Jason Garrett to take over eventually for Mike McCarthy. And eventually will be whenever Jerry Jones decides it is. During the 2022 season, depends on how they do. After the 2022 season, during the next season. But I think they don't want to let Kellen Moore get away because other teams are going to be interested. They want to groom him to become Tom Landry. Jerry Jones tried to do it with Jason Garrett and maybe waited too long with Jason Garrett before giving up. I think they're going to try to do it again with Kellen Moore. So that's the balance here. I don't think McCarthy gets fired, but I think they're going to mobilize to make sure that they can transition from McCarthy to Kellen Moore the same way they transitioned from Wade Phillips to Jason Garrett. I lied. I have one more. If Matthew Stafford doesn't play well this weekend. <laughs> well, I, I, well, you know, they're not stuck with him contractually like they were with Jared Goff. But, I mean, think about this. A year ago, what a big deal it was. Two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And someone explained it to me recently. You know what? When you look at Matthew Stafford playing, the trade actually was two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff for Jared Goff. Because how are they any better off than they were with Jared Goff, the way Matthew Stafford's played? Eight touchdown passes, eight interceptions the last four games. I think if they go... Uh, one and out, and that's it, and they lose on Monday night. You know, Sean McVay will say all the right things, but we know from his time with Jared Goff, what he thinks, what he believes, and what he says are two different things. And at some point, we know that vibe. They're all in. They're always looking to get better. They're always looking for the bright, shiny object. I could see him fall out of love with Matthew Stafford as quickly as he fell out of love with Jared Goff. I lied. I had one more. Is Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> retiring or just retiring from the Steelers? I think he's done. I think okay. he's done, and he knows he's done. Okay. Although, who knows? Hey, hey, you know, you win a Super Bowl, you know? I, not that they will, but you get rejuvenated. I just, he can't play like he used to, and he finally realized he can't play like he used to. And and what he, if we would rank all 32 starting quarterbacks top to bottom, he'd be pretty damn close to the bottom right now. And that may feed into their narrative this weekend, and so be it if it does. But, but if you would go through quarterback by quarterback and prioritize one over the other, he would be very, very close to number 32. Who would be beneath Ben Roethlisberger on that list? Uh, well, you know, it's hard to say with the, the guys who just have one year. It's hard to say. Like, do you put – you don't put a Trevor Lawrence down there, do you? But, I mean, think about it. Who would you put? What Starting quarterback. Think of one. Starting quarterback who wasn't a rookie this year. That Sam, you would say, Sam Darnold? Well, Darnold. But, but is he even a starter right now? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's down in that category as much as 49ers fans don't want to admit it. Uh, he can execute handoffs extremely well. And he did play well against the Rams with the game on the line. I'll Jared, give him that. I'll Jared give him Goff? That. Jared Goff's down there. Jared Goff's down there. You know, even though he, he beat the Cardinals somehow and had three touchdown passes in that game. But, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, top 10 quarterback, top 10 quarterback. Once you start rattling off names, you get into the 20s pretty quickly. 
And there's some guys making a lot of money that are down in the 20s and, you know, uh, some some potential Hall of Famers that are creeping down toward 32. So I think Ben's sufficiently self-aware that that it's over. And and I think the way that it ended this year, storybook already, you don't want to disrupt that by starting a new story with another team. Now I'm officially done with you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Thank you. That's All uh, right, see you, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live, show that precedes ours on Peacock. You know, I was wondering this, and it's not fair to Ben, but if you would have said, hey, you're going to end, you're not going to make the playoffs because the game with the Chargers and Raiders would end with a tie, but you go out as a winner, as opposed to you're a 12-and-a-half-point underdog against Kansas City, I always think, remember when Dan Marino, what was his last game? Didn't he lose 62-7? to Oh, no. I think it was 62-7. to And it's just, if you could have said, hey, you want to get rid of that one? Too soon. No, Too no. Soon. All right, let me take a break. Run a little late here. Our play of the day is up next here, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is called play. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Five seconds, three seconds, Hogarth down the lane, a bullet pass to Hauser up, and it's in! It's in! Joey Hauser made the winner! Michigan State 71, and Minnesota's got 69. That's courtesy of Learfield IMG College. 10th-ranked Sparty has won nine in a row, longest winning streak since 2018-2019 season. That is your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Make sure you enter. 75,000 people have entered. More people have entered this year, and we still have a few weeks left than all of last year with the contest we had. So thank you for your uh, participation. And no, Seton is not going to be able to take anybody with him cross-country in the Sprinter van to take it out to the Super Bowl. But we will let you know there will be tour stops (laughs) with Seton and the French kid coming to a town near you. Hello, Ames. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dan Patrick shows ultimate camping rig sweepstakes. To enter, get rules, visit danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com by February 2nd. Mercedes-Benz, the best. Sioux City. Or nothing. Dan Marino's last game was indeed 62-7 loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who Fred Taylor and company, Mark Brunel, they ran all over the Dolphins that day. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Dan, January 15, 2000. Marino made the playoffs with Miami his last three seasons, even though his numbers weren't great. And they won their first playoff game against Seattle, but then they just got boat raced. 62 to 7. Marino had 95 yards passing and a couple picks yeah. at home. Yikes. But if you could go out with a win, but you don't 
you don't go to the playoffs, or you go to the playoffs and you get blown out by Kansas City. So if you ask Dan Marino, we don't make the playoffs that year, but we have a nice clean win at home in week 16, and you have a nice day, and then you ride off to the sunset. Yeah. I just I was just wondering about that with Ben, that, you know, I, I don't wish for anybody to retire. Nobody wants to retire. You know, Steve Young told me that years ago. He said, you know, we don't want to, but, you know, sometimes you're asked to or forced to or injuries. Yes, Eaton. I was going to ask, at what point, though, in the with that sort of theoretical question, mm-hmm. at what point during the season do you know you're out of the playoffs? Like, do you have a chance to get in and then you... You, you don't make it, or are you sort of, it's a struggling season. No. You know you're not going to be in the playoffs. No, it's this scenario this year. It's exactly this they, year. That we win the game, and then we wait, and then the Raiders-Chargers ends in a tie, and then we don't make the playoffs, but we did everything that we could do to get in there, and it's a shame, but we won't be in the playoffs. And Ben, thank you. There's got to be something real torturous about <laughs> I don't know. Is it getting in one more time? Like, all right, this is it. We got one more shot. I know you do want to get in. It's just you don't. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm rooting for a close game. How's that? Mm. I want Ben to be able to play where he's proud of his performance this weekend. How about a, a competitive game? Yes, Todd. I think you want to end with that clean win. As much as it would be nice to say that uh, you got into the playoffs, but if you're going to get killed in the playoffs, it's like Sugar Ray Leonard or other boxers. They don't know when to call it quits. And you make your way finally to the middleweight or heavyweight championship bout, and you get knocked out in the third round, and you're bleeding, and you're a mess. Is that the way you want to end, where you finally realize you've got nothing left to give in the ring? Yes, Paul. I I totally disagree. I I want to make the playoffs. It gives my fans some hope. And, you know, as bad as Ben Roethlisberger's past year has been, and remember, they were – Weren't they eleven and zero at one point last year? Yeah, yeah, they were really competitive last year, and his numbers weren't great. At least he could say, like, you know what? I I always was competitive. He never had a losing season as a quarterback. Yeah, and you know, there, there's not hope. But let's say you get blown out by twenty four. We're there. We're there. We gave him a, an extra week. Let's of say hope. three interceptions, a pick six. You know, you're dejected, slumped over, walking off the field. I'll give you one that still bothers me. Walter Payton's last year in the NFL, he had the retirement ceremony in Week 16, I think against Seattle, and his kumbaya, Walter. That was a very good Bears team, and they disappointed two years in a row. His final play was like a third and eight. He caught the ball and was one yard short, got knocked out of bounds, was underneath the opponent's bench. I think it was the Redskins at the time. It was the worst way to go out. He was one yard short of a first down that they needed to try to win the game, and it was awful, but it was nice that they were in the playoffs. Seton, did you have something to add? Ben has rings. Yeah. That changes it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting topic, though. Andrea Kramer is going to be on the broadcast for the Cowboys and the Niners. She will join us. She's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, by the way. Jay Glazer will stop by a little bit later on as well. We will get to phone calls. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Hour two coming up. One more item. We close out hour one. Sleep number. Make sleep your number one goal. That's your New Year's resolution. Now, you can set out to work out more and eat healthier and maybe be a parent with a lot more patience. But all of those resolutions will be benefiting from quality sleep. Now, here's a couple of things. Here's a couple of tips from sleep number. Eat smaller meals more frequently. Limit your cocktails. Find ways to combat stress. Make sure you get outdoors. And also, check out sleep number's lowest price 
prices of the season. Save up to $1,000 on Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds plus special financing for a limited time. My Sleep Number setting, by the way, is 75. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Get better quality sleep, then you're going to make healthier decisions, whether it's at work or in the kitchen or just being an all-around good guy. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details.